Thanks for downloading a 3CR podcast. 3CR is an independent community radio station based in Melbourne, Australia. We need your financial support to keep going. Go to www.3cr.org.au for more information and to donate online. Now stay tuned for your 3CR podcast. It's time to roll your sleeves up and get your hands dirty with Friends of the Earth. Dirt Radio. And hello and good morning. You're on Dirt Radio with Colin. We're broadcasting live from 3CR Studio in Collingwood. Dirt Radio is a show sponsored by Friends of the Earth Melbourne. So check us out at www.fo.org.au. Today, Alison Marchant is a member of the Mount Moria community. It's roughly around 12 minutes from Geelong. She joined Frag Free Moria three and a half years ago. She helped declare her town's gas field free in 2014. Ali has been part of the campaign to get onshore gas banned, working across Western Victoria with Chloe, our famous campaign coordinator for Friends of the Earth. Today, Ali is over the moon, has a... Oops, sorry about that. Yes, the community of Hali won that war. Not just a battle, but now we all have certainty they're not going to have any cold seam gas in Victoria. Ali, are you here? Yes. Hi, Colin. How are you? I'm very well. Thank you. Big congratulations for this amazing win. Oh, it is. It's a huge win. Um, it's been a very long few years um, for some communities, over four years, uh, waiting for this type of announcement that would give them certainty and relief and get back to their lives. So, yeah, it, it's been a really huge win for the community. Oh, that's amazing. So you're part of a very strong hub over there. What was your score at the survey you've done against the Colsim Gas? Uh, so, yeah, on this side of um, Ge- uh, Geelong, just out the back of Geelong, we have surveyed several towns and they were all in the 96, 97% um, wow. wanting to be gas field free. And I, I suppose in, in those that 2 and 3% of people were actually unsure as well. They weren't even a no that they wanted, they wanted um, gas fields. They were just unsure. So uh, I think if we did our uh, survey again, we'd probably get 100%. <laughs> <laughs> That's amazing. So, so the problem Daniel Andrew visited the community last Friday to meet with uh, with you guys. H- how it all went? Oh, yeah, that was a fantastic um, morning. We were very surprised to hear that the Premier wanted to meet some local communities that would, would have been affected by um, his decision. So, yeah, we were really fortunate that he came along and he, he met some uh, some farmers and some local people in that, from our town and Really, it was. Uh, he, he got a very warm reception, and he, yes. he was applauded as he as he entered. And he also made an, um, a sort of a media announcement that the reason why he did go down this path and make the decision to ban it was that he wasn't going to put agriculture and our communities at risk. Um, and he had mentioned to the crowd as well that if we're going to be serious about climate change and you know protecting our environment for the future, then um, this ha- this big call had to be um, made now, and it had to be decided. Um, yeah, and the, and I had told him um, when I met him that you know this was going to be a decision that generations to come would thank him for. So it, it was a big deal. It was a big decision, and yeah, we're just thankful that we were, we were able to shake his hand and thank him for that that outcome. 
Oh, that's great. Must be such a relief. And to see especially that the, the premier is taking a step to come and visit the community is not just some type of uh, easy political way to trying to be reelected, but it's maybe something you really believe into. Yeah, yeah. I, I think that um, we had made it pretty clear from the community's point of view that we just didn't want another moratorium. We didn't want to be revisiting this in a you know a few more years' time. Um, so it, we we really wanted someone to be you know make a really big call here, and he's he, he's been able to do that. Um, and he did mention that this campaign was just you know really well run. Um, we had the community behind us. We had um, some really great. Um, you know, so milestones along the path that, you know, our declarations and our, um, our rallies and, um, you know, some things that have really been strong in our campaign. And he did congratulate us for bringing the attention to to him. And uh, we really felt like we had, didn't give him much of a choice, that he did have to ban unconventional <laughs> gas. That's brilliant. <laughs> and especially to see that that's a really Victorian grassroots type of campaign. It's really come from the bottom, from all of us and farmers and communities and people in the city and and in the country and we've been able to 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 get a win like that it's it's so good it is so good and it is good that communities feel like they do have a voice and the democracy is working i think we get a little bit disillusioned with politics and mm-hmm. um, people that are making decisions but no this this was a definite uh, community win and um, it does show that we have a voice and, and we can be heard especially when you get together um, it's not just a couple of individual people, but we we had uh, all all walks of life um, come together on this issue. And we had all walks of um, political backgrounds, and how it didn't matter how you voted. This this was a um, a group of people that were just you know a cross section of everyone. Personally, Ali, uh, why did you get involved with that campaign? Uh, well, we did have a license over us, uh, we still do, but um, we we have a license for exploration and we had a drilling, a test drill in 2007 and eight in our area. So um, when I moved to the area, I hadn't heard about fracking or unconventional gas and I sort of, uh, you know, looked into it a little bit. We had community meetings and I, I got involved that that side of things. And um, to me, I, I just became really passionate about it because I, I couldn't see how this could happen. I thought it was a real no-brainer. And the more I looked, I thought, gee, this could actually happen. Um, and so it really needed to yeah, get together with the community and make a really strong voice. And as as these things do, they grow. And we started in a small little town of Moriac, and then it grew to other um, you know suburbs around us and got to Torquay and Anglesey got together. And so, yeah, it was a really widespread um, sort of uh, campaign that you know really reached a lot of people. You can be really proud of yourself and like be also being part of the of this crew who've been that win possible. How this win will impact the community of Mont Moriac in the future? Uh, well, I think it certainly banded us all together and it's uh, made us realise that we can, you know, really do some great things. Um, from this, we're now starting up a, a sort of a progress association for Moriac, which we've, we've had in the past, but it's sort of... Um, fell aside a little bit. So we'll, we'll be starting up another progress association just to keep, you know, those issues um, that might crop up for the community and we can all band together and um, have, a, have a say on what we, how we want our towns to develop. And I think that, you know, we've got a really strong agricultural area around us and we've got farmers' markets starting and um, people wanting to do some really great um, 
food and uh, like sell, selling produce to the community. So we've really got some great ideas that are just starting to come together. And I think this this uh, decision to ban unconventional gas is sort of like a, a real winning motivator that we can um, yeah get together and do some really great things. <laughs> that's a that's amazing to hear. Has um. I live here in Melbourne and being part of this campaign from the city and to see the, the connection we've been able to create with, with people in a country and people in a city, it's really empowering. It would be great if, uh, if you still need some help, if you need, still need some support, don't hesitate. Uh, the Friends of the Earth door will always be open and uh, we would <laughs> love to be able to keep working with you guys and to to help for you to help with all campaigns and for us to help uh, to help you guys to trying to achieve goals yeah i think too that we've really seen that connection between you know um suburbia and, and city folks and the country folks that come together and you know it was really talking about our water and our food bowl and things that we all need and all need to protect it didn't matter where you were living so yeah it's been a terrific um you know collaboration of, of everyone coming together and you know um that the city still need the food and still need their water and, <laughs> and we need to protect all that as well are we going to still have the occasion to see you at Friends of the Earth around or you reckon uh, that campaign is uh, it's over and you're going to focus just on uh, on your community? Um, I, I think that it's certainly opened my eyes to a lot of different issues now and I certainly will be watching, um, you know, uh, you know, particular issues. I know that unconventional gas is still going to be a big issue for Australia, mm-hmm. and I, I'm certainly um, very aware of you know what New South Wales and Queensland and even Northern Territory are starting to, you know, the pressure that they're under, and I, I really feel for those communities. So I might um, put my focus into maybe um, interstate, um, and and even South Australia is really concerning. We've got um, a group in Portland that are you know, thinking about lending a hand to the South Australian crew because, yeah. you know, waters know no boundaries. And if they if they do go ahead with fracking um, in South Australia, it, it could affect uh, Victorian you know, across the border. So there'll, there'll certainly be, um, yeah, more work to be done, I think. Thank you very much, Ali. Uh, congratulations again for your win. Thank you, Colin. I really appreciate having to chat to you and, and we can all celebrate this win. Oh, yeah, that's going to be amazing. See you soon. Bye-bye. Thanks, Colin. Bye. So, Alison is part of the winning team of Mont Moriac, who defeat the coal seam gas polluted industry. Her whole community can finally now live happily ever after. And now, just a community announcement, and we're going to be back with Lee Eubank to talk about the counter attack of renewables against some dirty fossil fuel industry like nuclear, like coal in South Australia. So stay tuned. Which base provides key information for every US drone strike, played a crucial role in Iraq and Afghanistan wars, as well as providing targeting and surveillance information for the Israeli Defence Force? Star Wars. The Empire Strikes Back. War is terrorism. terrorism. It's the Pine Gap Joint Defence Facility, located just 20 kilometres from Alice Springs on Aranda Country, and this year marks 50 years of its inglorious existence. Come and join the closed Pine Gap protest near the gates of the base from September 26 to 30th. For all the details, head to closepinegap.org. Get in quick to book your early bird bus ticket from Melbourne for just $200 return. 
That's closepinegap.org. See you there. Close Pine Gap is a 3CR supporter. is terrorism? IPAN is inviting you to attend its anti-war conference and join the Close Pine Gap protests from the 26th of September to the 2nd of October in Alice Springs. Pine Gap facilitates US war activities, international espionage and their killer drone program. It's time to stop the drift to war and free Australia from US military bases. For more information on the IPAN conference, go to ipan.org.au and for protest details, see closepinegap.org. IPAN is a 3CR supporter. Subscribe to your award-winning independent community radio, bringing you coverage of community issues and events. This is Beard Base Camp. Welcome to the Little Red Tulangi Treehouse. As you said, I'm going to the East West Tunnel picket, as it usually does, starts at 5.30am. The Lincoln Melbourne Authority have come here in the middle of the night and set up another drill rig here on Gold Street. The police were pretty keen to defend that with all their resources this morning. And I think for Australians, in order to know ourselves, really fully know ourselves, in order to mature, we need to understand Aboriginal culture, we need to embrace it and realise that in coming here, you're now part of the longest continuing culture in the world. We need your support. Subscribe today. Call 94198377 now. In 2016, 3CR published a book to celebrate the station's 40th birthday. Years in the making, Radical Radio, celebrating 40 years of 3CR, is a visually stunning account of the people and ideas that make up this dynamic station. At 300 pages, the book includes hundreds of images and over 50 features on programs, people, music and technology from across the decades. You can get your copy of 3CR's book for $49.50 at the station during business hours at 21 Smith Street, Fitzroy. Or online at 3cr.org au forward slash shop. Get a piece of your own history. 3CR's Radical Radio is available now. And you're back on Dirt Radio, a show sponsored by Friends of the Earth. You with Colin. And I'm quickly waiting for Lee Eubank to come online at the moment. So while we're waiting, I will... Start to play a song called Know Your Right by The Clash. Talk to you soon. This is a public service announcement with guitar.
And you're back on Dirt Radio. So Lee Eubank has been working as the campaign coordinator for Yes to Renewable, the famous campaign by Friends of the Earth. Lee is getting busier now with the announcement that a real desire by a government to push into renewables for Victoria. Meanwhile, the South Australia energy lobby is really trying to save the world with the atomic ideas. Lee... I know you for a little while now, and you always impressed me with your ability to find new and powerful allies, your sense of justice, your happiness, and your love for Vegemite. <laughs> You're now part of this race to trying to install like a new energy uh, supremacy in South Australia. How are you going, mate? Yeah, good. Thanks, Colin. It's fantastic to um, to catch up with you again on three on um, Triple R. I mean, three CR. <laughs> So, uh, could you tell us a little bit more about the energy situation where you are in South Australia? Yeah, sure. So, um, in mid-July, there was a, a so-called price spike event in South Australia where, um, you know, power prices for a very short period of time hit their maximum. And this kicked off um, a fairly unprecedented fossil fuel sector attack Now, the fossil fuel lobby, they, they seized the initiative and they, they used the price spike event to um, frame renewable energy as the cause of the price spike and to kind of cover up the, um, the real causes of the event, which was that, you know, expensive gas um, is coming into the system mm -hmm. and also that there was some, some gaming of the market. So some of the energy companies over here were actually exploiting their market power to make profits at the expense of South Australian householders. Do, do you mean that they were holding some of the energy they could provide to make sure like the price of the electricity will rise up? Yeah, actually, there is a report out um, by the University of Melbourne's Energy Research Institute, and they found that there was, um, there, there was a few instances of capacity being withdrawn for the market mm. and when you are withdrawing capacity obviously it's um, a matter of supply and demand and yeah. you know when there's limited supply and high demand prices will go through the roof but what's what's really important here is that south australia it's a global leader when it comes to renewable energy deployment so if you look all around the world south australia is number two when it comes to the proportion of electricity that comes from renewable sources. So Whoa. we're just behind Denmark, you know, we're above Portugal, Spain, Ireland. And I believe that this is an attempt um, by the fossil fuel lobby in this country to, to have a crack at the front runner and intimidate the other states that are following suit. Well, could you explain a little bit more how is uh, South Australia become uh, a powerful leader in a renewable Yeah, yep, sure. So um, South Australia has gone from zero renewable energy capacity to close, well, just over 45% renewable energy capacity in 16 years. Whoa. So it's quite a, quite a, quite a leap. Um, and, you know, part of this is due to having a state government that opened its arms to the renewable energy sector. So they, they set state renewable energy targets 
um, they established Renewables SA, which was a, a government a government uh, uh, statutory body to assist the sector um, with renewable energy development. There were some other incentives, and I think crucially, um, the the high growth of wind energy in South Australia is partially a result of um, anti-wind farm laws popping up in Victoria. Mm-hmm. So if you if you were a wind energy company and you wanted to invest in, in a wind farm, you're going to go to, the, to, A, the place with the best resources and, B, the place that will actually allow you to develop those resources. What is your current job? What are you doing in South Australia to trying to help the, the renewables standing strong? Sure. So, um, like what we've um, achieved in Victoria... Yes, Renewables, we're kicking off a campaign, a grassroots campaign of supporters, people that want to head all the way to 100% renewables. And, yeah, you know, we're kicking it off um, tomorrow night in Adelaide with an info night, and we're hoping that we can start an action group. And there's a lot going on. So up in Port Augusta, we've got a community that's passionate about seeing a solar thermal tower built, which would be a 24-hour solar power plant. Wow. We've already got, you know, a, a dozen wind farms around the state. So, you know, my job, in a sense, is to connect all of these different communities and all of these different actors um, to form a powerful network. Mm-hmm. And it, it's our job to defend the, the sector from fossil fuel attacks and to also call for politicians to do what's the right thing, which is to, to set a policy to get all the way to 100% renewables because there are so many jobs, benefits, um, you know, investment in regional communities, and also it's going to deliver huge dividends for our climate. Could you tell us a little bit uh, more about the job benefits? Renewable can give more than the fossil fuel industry? Yeah, there was some analysis done a few years ago, a few years ago by Sinclair Nightmares, and they found that a typical, 40, a typical 50 megawatt wind farm would create 48 construction jobs and it would create, you know, like I think a dozen operations and maintenance jobs. So, you know, if you're building a 100 megawatt wind farm, then that would be, you know, 90 plus construction jobs. If you're, if you're constructing a 600 megawatt wind farm, then that's going to be hundreds of jobs. So, um, you know, most of the jobs are in construction Mm-hmm. Um, and there are flow-on benefits to local contractors that are doing fencing and cementing. Um, you know, there are flow-on jobs in manufacturing. So nice. up in up in Wyala, um, where the, you know an older uh, steel town, there was a firm up there, ENA Contractors, and they were actually building the wind turbine towers. So, yeah. yeah, there's quite a lot of um, jobs benefit to come out of growing renewables. Yeah, and still in like having a, a, some type of local jobs who's really, it's really good for the state. It's really important. Is the, um, the South Australia has got a, a renewable energy target? Yeah, they do. Um, so South Australia, the current target is for 50% renewables by 2025. However, you know, the state is at 45% renewables already. So, yeah. you know, I think many, many in the community would be looking to 
um, Premier Jay Weatherall and they'd be looking to the opposition leader, Stephen Marshall. Mm-hmm. You know, who, which party will be first to come out with a, a target to get South Australia all the way to 100% renewables? That now you're in South Australia at the moment, do, do you feel that the normal punters uh, are keen to have renewable energy or they just doesn't matter it's more like a political decision yeah at the moment um the the government has been a strong backer of renewable energy over its its time in office so you know this this government has been in office for you know nearly 15 years the mm-hmm. labor party i think the real question mark hangs over the south australian liberal party Um, you know, obviously, renewable energy it creates jobs, um, it, it injects uh, investment into regional communities, and it would be fantastic to see the likes of, of opposition leader Stephen Marshall, Shadow Energy Minister Dan Van Holst Pelican, really, um, you know, throwing their weight behind this push to get all the way to 100% renewables. Yeah. Um, you know, there are, there are it's a win-win-win state. Yeah, and that's um, this. I'm, I'm got plenty of different ideas in my head, like at the moment, and I'm just jumping because we're running a little bit out of time into this uh, solar farm. You're talking in Port Augusta. How much chance could we do we really have to see that happen? Yeah, um, there's been a fantastic local grassroots campaign um, that has been running for years now. Yeah. Re- repower Port Augusta. And Friends of the Earth are a proud member of that alliance. And, you know, this consistent effort from the likes of Dan Spencer from the Australian Youth Climate Coalition and community members, they've gotten so close. Um, really, now it comes down to um, the Premier, Jay Weatherall, and whether he will commit to purchase 75% of the government's electricity from that particular installation. That combined with some federal government grants and I think the the proponent, Solar Reserve, which is a a US company that has already built these these, um, solar towers. They're already operating. They're already proven. Um, You know, they're getting very close to an outcome. So, you know, we're hoping that we can amplify their effort a little bit and, um, and help get the project over the line. Wow, that would be so exciting, mate. Uh, where could we find more information about it and about this new action group and uh, and your campaign in South Australia? Yes. Um, uh, you know, I definitely encourage the listeners to head to yes2renewables.org and that's the digit two. Um, and there they'll find out more about our campaign to defend renewables in South Australia and You know, if if the listeners are local to Victoria, then there are plenty of opportunities to get involved in our campaign, um, particularly on the VRAT, the renewable energy target Victoria has now set, and also on community energy. Thank you very much, mate, for today and for all this information. Cheers. My pleasure, mate. Bye. Soli is currently campaigning hard to create renewable energy targets and uh, to counter the pressure from the fossil fuel industry in South Australia. You can join it by following him on Twitter, on Facebook at Yes2Renewables, on the full webpage. You'll be able to find all these informations. 
That's it now for Dirt Radio for another week. We're here next Monday, same place, same time. You're going to see Phil next Monday. So Dirt Radio is affiliated with Friends of the Earth, Melbourne. You can go to the website at www.fo.org.au and support our kick-ass campaign with a donation. You can stay with Wissia for Black Block coming right up. And now we'll listen a really good song. It's called Monster Machine by Madeleine Hudson. Goodbye, everyone. <laughs>